You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. She calls Danny. And fans, we have a very special show for you today where we'll go ahead and talk about NBA free agency. And then we'll get into just a little bit about the Olympics. Um, football season, preseason has actually started. And then we have an interesting trading card scenario. We haven't done one in a while. So this is going to be interesting. But first to the NBA free agency, Danny. And oh boy, a whole lot has been happening, man. <laughs> whole lot has been happening. Let's just start with the teams that were in the finals and where Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul signs a contract or has agreed to a four-year deal worth up to 120 million. The Milwaukee Bucks is making a whole lot of moves, man. Mm-hmm. Making a whole lot of moves. Unfortunately, PJ Tucker is no longer. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, and I think that is due to a luxury cap uh, casualty. Uh, and then you have the likes of, from what I'm hearing, actually a trade by the Milwaukee Bucks and where they have sent Sam Merrill to the Memphis Grizzlies for Grayson Allen. And, man, Going to miss Sam Merrill. Didn't get, really get a chance to see him on the court. I was hoping to see what he would look like mm-hmm. on the court and getting those minutes. But I think what you're seeing here is an arms race, Danny. You're seeing an arms race and where the Milwaukee Bucks and John Horace are going for those known players, going for what they know, what they have seen on the court. You can look at some stats, things of that nature, uh, versus uh, an unknown in that of Sam Merrill because he hasn't gotten the necessary minutes and all. Um, again, this is arms race. And then we have George Hill coming back to Milwaukee on a two-year deal. Uh, that's going to shore up that bench. Uh, being mm-hmm. that we lost P.J. Tucker, we have a better three-point shooter, in my opinion. And then ultimately, you have a decent defender in George Hill. Uh, and then you have, oh, man, you have uh, Rodney Hood. Coming to the Milwaukee Bucks, I think he's a good wing defender. Um, okay, uh, from an offensive end, um, I think that bench is really being shored up, Danny. Mm-hmm. I really do. So, this is just really going to be interesting to see how this all works together. But I think the Milwaukee Bucks are actually better than what they were when they had this championship run. What say you? Yeah, Jason. George Hill was someone you know. I wanted back last year and was hoping he would get bought out even at the trade deadline when he ended up going to the Sixers. So like George Hill, off the court especially too because he's very active in the community. So that's a plus all around there. Uh, You bring back Bobby Bobby Portis. Mm -hmm. I thought he would get more money and he may have been offered more money, but he decided to come back on a reduced uh, deal from what I thought he would get out in the open market. So 
you can't you can't go wrong there. And they did lose Brent Forbes, but honestly, what they did in the offseason so far here replaces that what Brent Forbes brought to the table. So I think they're they're good there from uh, an off the free agent market. Yeah, and I think really Grayson Allen is that Brent Forbes replacement, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, heck. I can even just honestly see George Hill being yep. that replacement. So I think there's a good combination uh, from a replacement standpoint there as well. Uh, yeah, so the Milwaukee Bucks, man, they have done some gr- interesting moves. I think they have actually become a little bit better, uh, actually, uh, and where they can have several combinations coming off of the bench. Um, so just as we were talking about the bench mob, Oh, man, this might be Bench Bob 2.0 uh, and everything, man. This is just uh, very interesting, uh, to say the least. And, Danny, the Milwaukee Bucks also agreed to a one-year contract with former Boston Celtics for Semi Azulier. And I think he adds a little bit more from a defensive side, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I think – the Bucks have gotten maybe even a little stronger defensively. And I think they're going to need that because this is truly an arms race, especially mm-hmm. when you talk about what's happening in the Eastern Conference. The, the Brooklyn Nets have restocked and retooled uh, their roster. And so uh, this is going to be interesting, man. I mean, you have reports about Kevin Durant uh signing or potentially signing an extension for four years 198 million dollars man mm-hmm. uh so you got a lot happening over in brooklyn uh yep. i believe patty mills patty mills yep signed with brooklyn so you got some additional shooting coming off the bench there and danny with the brooklyn nets just a, a couple of things here so you have blake griffin coming back uh, to a Brooklyn Nets on a one-year uh, deal. Uh, unfortunately for them, Spencer Dinwiddie decided to part ways going to Washington uh, Wizards. Um, so And Jeff Green parted ways. So this is just going to be really interesting in terms of how, uh, honestly, the Eastern Conference is going to stack up, man. The Eastern Conference has gotten a lot tougher and Danny Miami just has gone ballistic, man. Rouse has done it again. Look, they have gotten Kyle Lowry. They ended up snatching P.J. Tucker from us. Markeith Morris. They re-signed the likes of Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson. Victor Oladipo uh, coming off an injury. They have re-signed him. Dwayne Detman where there's some size there and, and Deadman actually have given us a lot of problems actually. Uh, so that was, that's actually a very key signing, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you talk about uh, having some size there. Um, and so, yeah, they did lose Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn is going to the Los Angeles Lakers and where the Lake show has, man, they have totally stacked the chips in LA. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Whatever happened to the competition, man? God, dog. I mean, you got to get all the players. I mean, they got also Trevor Ariza. Yep. I mean, come on, man. 
I guess, how much help do you really need? I mean, and this is going to the Lakers, man. This is going to the Lakers. I'm just, Danny, I'm just saying, look, Lakers, you done got Westbrook as a missing Kendrick Nunn. You ended up getting Malik Monk. You done got Mello, Mm -hmm. Trevor Ariza. You went ahead and got Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, man. They had no choice. We signed Taylor Horton Tucker. Yep. I mean, I guess here again, my question is whatever happened to drafting and developing, man? Like, I don't even know who Jason who have, that they drafted. Kyle Kuzma's gone. They didn't trade it. Uh, Brandon Ingram. Yep. <laughs> hey, LeBron's on the, on the, on the clock right now. So. And based on that performance last year where they had their bench was terrible and they just needed some more, they needed upgrades. Granted, this is an older team. So, so who knows how much some of these dudes have left in the tank. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's showing to me that they have a two year window before LeBron possibly retires. So they're going for it. And a lot of these dudes took a discount to come to LA. It wasn't like they paid some absorbent contract or these crazy contracts. A lot of these are cheap contracts. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the sneaky steals were Kent Bazemore, mm-hmm. Wayne Ellington, because they can shoot threes. They need space. When they made that Westbrook trade, I was <laughs> like, what, what were they thinking? Because Westbrook does not space the floor. Westbrook is ball dominant. Westbrook cannot shoot from the outside consistently you're right about that you you know my thing about westbrook man now he gives maximum effort yep but let's be real man westbrook can't shoot like you said he cannot shoot so that's where i i was a little worried with them but then all these additions they made there's uh space in the floor and then the dwight howard move which they shouldn't have let him go last year Mm -hmm. or javel mcgee Mm-hmm. That was that was a, my bad on their part, but bringing him back to help down low because their perimeter defense is going to be lacking. That's probably an understatement. So they needed someone to protect the rim. Danny, what what do you think about the New York Knicks and the moves that they've made? I mean, the Knicks went ahead and actually got uh, Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. uh, and then they signed Evan Fournier. Uh, to a deal here. Um, and then they re-signed the likes of Julius Randle, Derek Rose, uh, Nerlens Noel, Taj Gibson, uh, Alex, Alec Burks. So they yep. re-signed those individuals, those players, but the additional Kimball Walker, did the New York Knicks get any better? I think they did it from the backcourt perspective because you, the Fournier deal helps them a lot. And then you get better guard play out of Kemba Walker. Hopefully, it, see, this is all contingent upon him being healthy. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. he's not healthy, then it hurts you, obviously, because you're dependent on him to run the backcourt. Uh, and then you got D Rose coming off the bench, which doesn't hurt at all. So you mm-hmm. need Kemba healthy, and then that's definitely an upgrade from the backcourt perspective. The Philadelphia 76ers. A competitive team that 
uh, man, there's just a whole lot of <laughs> rumors swirling around Philadelphia 76ers land right now, man, especially when it comes to Ben Simmons. But they went ahead and added Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Them adding Andre Drummond to me is an indication that they're trying to definitely get rid of Ben Simmons because there is absolutely no way you can have Embiid, Andre Drummond, and Ben Simmons in there. <laughs> come on, man. That <laughs> come on, man. That lane would be cluttered with just a whole lot of bodies like. Yep. It'll be cluttered with those three, and it'll be cluttered with the five on the opposite side. Because man, I would just <laughs> dare everybody just to shoot and be like, "You only got two people to really guard." So, yep. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here in Philadelphia, seventy six to land, man. I really don't. Um, they did resign Danny Green uh, mm-hmm. to a two year deal. Uh, I, Danny. I, I feel confident that we can beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, like, I don't, when you trade, if and when they trade Ben Simmons, I'm interested to know who they would actually go ahead and get mm-hmm. at this juncture, really. Um, <laughs> I just don't know what kind what they're doing in, in 76er land. And let me ask you this, Danny, is it too late? Is it too late for the 76ers to trade Ben Simmons? I think right now, based on the rumors, their asking price is too high for them. Mm -hmm. So I still think they have some time because training camp doesn't start until September, late September, early October. So they have time and if a team brings him in, he has time to get adjusted to the system and everything. So I think they're all right. But the closer you get to the start of the season, the more likely he's going to be sitting in a 76ers uniform. So either have to bring that price down or just live with Ben Simmons for another year. Interesting. Interesting take here, man. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Buddy Heald over Sacramento. I wonder if that may be a possibility there with uh, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons trade uh, along with some draft picks um, and probably another player or two. But uh, I don't know what Philadelphia is doing. Um, I think people are going to be satisfied with their roster um, as currently constructed. Um, I don't see a whole lot of player movement, uh, quite honestly. And how difficult would that be for Ben Simmons to go back to the Philadelphia 76ers at the start of the season or at the start of training camp. How difficult would that be, man? And how, unless, he, how unless, he, unless he's shooting right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he switches hands, yeah, then people will be intrigued by him because that means he's been working on his game. Yeah, true enough. He mentioned that after the playoffs this past year that he was thinking about trying to shoot with his right hand to see if that makes a difference in his shot and gives him some more confidence. So if he goes to his right hand, someone sees him out there shooting with his right as his dominant hand, then I think Philly would love to have him back because that's what it, that's what's been lacking, man. He doesn't shoot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have confidence. So they need him to make free throws, similar to Giannis, if you think about it, make mm-hmm. free throws, make that mid-range shot, 
be confident in your shot. Uh, so people at least have to respect you and not just sit in the lane and wait for you to come in and charge or draw a blocking file, whatever the case may be. And now to a little NFL news. The NFL preseason between the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers actually kicked off during the Hall of Fame game, uh, where this weekend you have uh, those being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and quite interesting. I mean, Danny, I'm just going to be real, man. I didn't watch this game. <laughs> I did not watch this game. For me personally, it takes me a moment to get into the NFL mode. Mm-hmm. After coming off of an NBA season, after seeing the popping of bottles, <laughs> especially for our Milwaukee Bucks, I'm still kind of on that high, the natural high, <laughs> the champagne high of popping bottles, man. I just, you know, look, look, man. We've been waiting 50 years. We've been waiting all our lives for this chance to pop bottles. And and so getting into the NFL right now, it just hasn't been – it's preseason. The Stars weren't playing. They don't want to play preseason. And they have 17 games in this NFL season in 18 weeks. So uh, not until we honestly probably get into the – beginning of the season that's when i'll really start getting interested in of course i hear what's been happening of course i hear what players have been moved or where they're going etc uh so yeah we'll see what happens man but in this particular game it seems like pittsburgh steelers went ahead and won 14 to 3 again danny that's gotta be real man i didn't watch this game i was too busy watching the olympics yep i was too busy watching the olympics man i mean olympics only comes around every four in this case five years uh, and there's just some gold medal matches that was happening. So I, I was more so focused in on that. What say you, Danny? So, Jason, I did watch a little of the game yesterday because I was curious to see Najee Harris with mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he actually looked pretty good, you know, his first game as a rookie. And also for the fantasy football in me, guys just check out some things in the preseason. Not mm-hmm. watching every game. But you just want to see some, how these rookies, because you think about last year with COVID, we didn't have a preseason. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these rookies, we didn't really get to see until the season started, which I think hampered them a little bit because not having that live action until the regular season, it, it put them behind a little bit. So at least this year, they're able to go out there and compete and people can see from a fantasy perspective and from your team's perspective, how do these rookies look? How do these new additions look? How do they play together? A lot of the stars, like you mentioned, probably will sit out the preseason just to avoid injury. So, uh, but it was good to see football on, but I only watched it for a little bit as well because like you mentioned, man, Olympics last night, there were some gold medal races or some uh, finals races that, had to check out, man. So the 400s and 800, it was a lot going on last night. And let me correct myself. That was 16 to three. Pittsburgh beat the Dallas Cowboys. But yeah, let's get right into the uh, Olympics, man. Danny, 
Yeah, like you said, Olympus was on fire, man. I ended up watching uh, the A team, the women's volleyball, mm-hmm. beach, beach volleyball. Actually, win gold, man. That was an intriguing <laughs> uh, match against Australia. Uh, and so, yeah, I ended up watching that. Um, then, of course, I watched track uh, where, man, the Bahamas is coming on through, man. <laughs> I mean, wow. And the 400. There's just been some fast times. This is a fast track. For those of you who don't know what a fast track is, I remember my high school days, Danny. You you could tell. Uh-huh. When you start kind of when it's like a little cushion, not too much cushion, but yeah. enough cushion that it kind of relaxes your legs a little bit, massages your legs as you kind of bounce off of the track. Mm-hmm. That's a fast track. Um probably ran on the fast track uh, a handful of times uh, back in the day. Um, I could tell that was a fast track because in qualifying rounds throughout the track competition, I saw a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, runners, especially sprinters, they were bouncing off the track, man. And I was like, yeah, you want to get some fast times. I mean, look at the 400 meter hurdles. Come on, man. Both men and women. Come yes. on, man. This, it was just bonkers, man. And I think, honestly, between the 400 meter hurdles for both men and women, the 800 meters for women, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, new talent going in, into those, those two events. Because when you when you have someone who is breaking a world record in a 400 meter hurdles, and where it looked like they were running the 400, that says a lot. You you are not lying. And so I think a lot of people are going to look at that and really you know act like they're going to do the same thing, mm-hmm. or try or try to you know do the same thing. So man, it, this was amazing. Uh, last night, man. What say you? Uh, these last few nights, we mentioned in our last podcast, I always look forward to the track portion. One upset was the USA men's relay team oh. got put out. Come on, in man. The prelims. When they Come had the on, bat, man. they had the handoff, but they kind of jammed up each other and then they fell too far behind, couldn't make up the difference and ended up get, getting put out of the Olympics. So that was definitely a surprise. I felt sorry for him, man, because you work all what's well, been five years now to get to this moment and something like that happens where you almost run into each other as mm-hmm. a bad handoff and costs you the chance to go to the semis and ultimately to the finals. Uh, yeah, so that and then Allison Felix last night tying Carl Lewis's mm-hmm. uh, record for 10 medals, Olympic mm-hmm. medals. So that was awesome. She still has a chance for one more, I believe. So she can take, she can own the record. So that was pretty cool. And then one thing from the basketball, I know they play tonight. Mm-hmm. It's KD becoming the all-time scorer for USA basketball. So he broke that during this Olympics. So that congratulations to him as well. Cause there are some names on that list. Uh, so he should be proud, man. And speaking of Carl Lewis, he tweeted out after the men did not make the four by one, he tweeted the following. 
the USA team did everything wrong in the men's relay. The passing system is wrong. Athletes running the wrong legs, and it was clear that there was no leadership. It was a total embarrassment and completely unacceptable for a USA team to look worse than the AAU kids I saw. I got oh. to agree. I have to. I have to agree with Carl Lewis. Oh, I yeah. have to. I have to agree with him, man. Look, mm-hmm. man. I ran the four by one as well in high school, and you have to have the right individuals running the right leg, mm-hmm. especially when, you, especially the third runner going around the curve mm-hmm. you have to have some curve runners on this team the curve runners it's a special is a special runner it's a very special runner man yep. uh especially going into the anchor leg so in the passing of the baton come on man i mean Many teams, honestly, four by one, they work together throughout the course of a season. Mm-hmm. So it's the same individuals working throughout the course of the season. So that way they can perfect them passing the baton off to uh, one person to the other. Yep. We don't have that. It's like we're piecemealing or piece, piecing together a team at the last minute. So they're going to have to rectify that. Honestly, I can see Carl Lewis stepping in and being like, okay, let me go ahead and at least do this, you know, coach this four by one with the baton passing because, man, it hasn't, man, it never fails, man. There's always something wrong in a major competition when it comes to men's four by one. Yep. On is always either on the ground, there's not a clean handoff or a clean pass. It's always something wrong. So, yeah, I agree with Carl Lewis. Something's got to be done here. So, Danny, now we have an interesting trading car scenario. Who we got? So, Jason, we are going with Dalvin Cook's 2017 Panini rookie card for Alvin Kamara's 2017 Panini rookie card. A couple quick bios. Dalvin Cook was the second-round pick out of Florida State by the Minnesota Vikings back in 2017. And Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick out of the University of Tennessee by the New Orleans Saints. Dalvin Cook has two Pro Bowls so far, 3,600 yards rushing, 33 touchdowns, 1,275 yards receiving, and three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara has four. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, 2017 Offensive Player of the Year. He has 3,300 yards, 3,340 yards rushing, 43 touchdowns. At 2,800 yards, receiving and 15 touchdowns. So, Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Danny, this was an interesting trading card scenario, man. I've been going back and forth on this. Uh, and, and it was, man, this has been a difficult one. It really has been. Dallin Cook, Florida State. I mean, those highlights are unbelievable, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those highlights are unbelievable, man. Um, Dalvin Cook from from Miami. 
uh, but decided to go to Florida State. That alone is an, a good, interesting dec- decision itself. Danny, as I dug a little bit deeper into the stats and the situations that these two players are in, I look at especially Alvin Kamara, who he played for and who he played with. I mean, Drew Brees at the helm. And in looking at the stats rushing-wise for Kamara, 728 yards as a rookie, 883, 797, 932 yards. And But you have to think about the offense of the New Orleans Saints at the time. And, man, just the yards from scrimmage. The yards from scrimmage uh, for Kamara has been – up over a thousand yards each season he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. 1,554 in his rookie campaign, 1,592, 1,330, 1,688. I mean, Kamara is a offensive weapon in that offense. It's going to be interesting to see how he does with the new quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I I don't know now. Looking at Dalvin Cooks, though, I mean Dalvin Cook is no slouch. He's no slouch, and but he's more so on a rushing end. So different offenses. Yeah. Okay, so when you look at Dalvin Cook rookie campaign, I don't know what the hell the Vikings were were thinking here before we giving him. 354 yards um his rookie campaign but it rose to 615 but then he turned it on i think he got injured there but he turned it on um in 2019 with 1135 and then 2020 1557 yards rushing Mm -hmm. and oh by the way he's no slouch either when it comes to uh scrimmage yards i mean in 2020 he had 1,918 scrimmage yards. That is bananas, man. So I think you have to look at the different offenses. And oh, by the way, the Vikings had Kirk Cousins. So think about that for a moment. Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, the offenses. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting uh in enough here and i'm going to have to go with and i in no way being a packers fan (laughs) i am in no way a fan of the minnesota vikings Mm -hmm. but i'm going with david cook on this one man because the promise and the potential is there I think the upswing of his career is there. I think as long as uh, Alvin Kamara stays with the New Orleans Saints and we don't know about their quarterback situation, uh, I think we may see a little drop-off there. So with that, I'm going with Dalvin Dalvin Cook. Who you got, Danny? Well, Jason, you hit on some of the points I was going to mention, but you look at Dalvin Cook, he's more of a blue-collar running back, Mm -hmm. even though he's small in stature. He reminds me a little bit of Walter Payton in a way. He has that, he's trying to run you over, but he's real shifty, he's real quick. 
And you got to think about, you mentioned Kirk Cousins, but he also had like Sam Bradford and yeah, some yeah. other, uh, Case Keenum, I think was another yeah. quarterback. So he hasn't had the most stellar quarterback play and their offense is not the It's very <laughs> slow and methodical, but they, last year they picked up a little bit because they got Jeff, Justin Jefferson in, in the fold. And then if you look at Kamara, Kamara's more flashy. But you saw a couple signs last year when Taysom Hill took over when Drew Brees got had those rib injuries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where Kamara slowed down to a halt. And he didn't have – and you got to think about in his career too, he had Mark Ingram with him. So it's like a thunder and lightning type combination where Dalvin Cook is the featured back. Mm-hmm. So – from a car perspective, <laughs> a car perspective, I think Kamara's card at this time has will have more value just because Dalvin Cook, he's with the Vikings and he's not really flashy. He mm-hmm. just goes out there and just does his thing and puts up crazy numbers. So people don't really know him. So from a car perspective, I want Kamara now, but I agree with you down the line. If Cook can stay healthy, I think Cook has a better trajectory because he's been in he's been in this role now and he's just going to flourish because they're going to continue to feature him as long as he doesn't get hurt. Kamara, you just don't know what you're really going to get. So I'm saying point in time is Kamara, but down the line I think it's Cook's car. So I'm going to say Kamara in this scenario just due to recency bias and his flash and people know him more than I would say Dalvin Cook at this point from a national perspective. I got to go with Dalvin Cook, man. Yeah. Like I said, man, Dalvin Cook's a feature back. I just think Alvin Kamara has the flash and dash, but we'll see this year mm-hmm. and even next year with the Saints. I'm hoping you're right because I'm a Falcons fan, so I hope the Saints fall on my face. But uh, <laughs> but you'll see because he's always had like Latavius yep. Murray and Mark Ingram with him. Mm-hmm. And can he do it by himself? There you have it. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love. 